on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. One-two pitch. Struck him out, swinging with a fastball at 99. And the ball game is over. Brewers had the tying run in scoring position yet again. And cannot get that big hit. And the Phillies have won the first three games in this series. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee. With Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Foley. Not only do the Brewers lose three straight one-run games, they lose three straight one-run games where the potential tying run is stranded in scoring position in the ninth inning. Some frustrating losses, a frustrating series for all parties involved, whether you're playing for the Brewers or if you're just a fan, it's a lot of frustration as the Brewers lose the first three games of the series, and they now have a season-long four-game losing streak. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. Have you for the next hour and 14 minutes. We're taking you till 11 o'clock once again this evening, and if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's how you get into contact with the program this evening. As we do bring in uh, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Augie, it's uh, it's kind of the same thing, right, where the Brewers, uh, an early deficit, and they make some noise, but they don't make enough noise, and they end up coming up just one run short. Yeah, that's the way the whole series has been. You know, you look at what this, what you're playing a good ball club and, uh, especially a team like the Brewers have the good starting pitching. It's about getting on the board early in the game. And yeah, I think the difference in this whole series, there's really two big things that have been the differences. First, the, their ability to score runs in their first inning. They've scored 15 runs in this series. Eight have been in that first inning. So very successful for Philadelphia to get off to that big lead and they've been able to hold it up. And then the other, the other issue that we've had and we've been talking about is the hitting with runners in scoring position. So far this series, they're seven for 33, leaving 26 runners on base. And when you lose one run ball games, that's what you really look at. You look at that hitting with runners in scoring position, men left on base. And that was, that's been pretty predominantly what's happened this three games. Yeah, it hurts when you're three straight games of being one big hit away from potentially winning, and that's exactly what has happened over these three days. So we'll dig in on that a little bit more uh, over the course of now the next hour and 12 minutes. We'll talk Freddie Peralta, who got off to a slow start, locked in after that. Uh, I, to me, that kind of follows a trend with Peralta, not that he's given up as many runs in the first inning as he gave up today, but I think we've seen slow starts from Peralta uh, whether it's walks, whether it's just allowing base runners in the first inning, whatever it might be, it seems like he locks in maybe from the second inning on. We're going to ask Jerry Augustine about that coming up uh, later on and just get into uh, what the Brewers have to do from an offensive standpoint to, to start scoring more runs. They out-hit Philadelphia tonight. They out-hit them 8-4. The things have turned around completely. I talked about this earlier, uh, that... Uh, the Brewers, from a team hitting standpoint, the team batting average, it has been going in an upward direction this entire series, but the team hitting with runners in scoring position has been going the wrong direction. Let that be a lesson. We'll talk about this more later, but that let that be a lesson. If you are ever given an opportunity to either have a team that has a very high batting average uh, or a very respectable 
team batting average, but they're bad with runners on in scoring position, or a team that's very good with runners on in scoring position but doesn't hit very well, take that team because at least they get hits when they matter because that's how the Brewers had been winning games, and now all of a sudden that's changed. The Brewers have put up a respectable number of hits here throughout this entire Philadelphia series, but they're not driving in those runners, so we'll dig in on that a little bit later on as well. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Extra Innings, back with more in a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Swing a line, drive in a right center. Another two-strike base hit by the Phillies. They're going to have the first run of the game as McCutcheon comes in to score. Miller goes from first to third. Phillies lead 1-0. They have scored in the first inning in each game of this series. Brewers lose in Philadelphia by a 5-4 score. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. We're with you till 11 o'clock. Want to join us? 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's grab our uh, first phone call of the program, calling from Atlanta. We've got Nelson on the line. Hey, Nelson, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Um, it's just starting pitching just hasn't been where it needs to be. I mean, we've been having our offense come in late, but the starting pitching's just been giving up, and that's kind of been bringing us out of the game in the early innings. They've been going on deep runs, like 5-3. They had, what, 5 in the first. Then yesterday they had 3 or quite a bit in the third, so yeah, it's just been kind of frustrating watching from behind after doing pretty well against the Dodgers in four games last week. Yeah, Nelson, I certainly appreciate the phone call. And, Augie, we've talked about it a lot this year. The starting pitching has been so incredibly good. You knew it was at a it was clipping along at a pace that was probably not unsu- that was not not probably not sustainable. It simply was not sustainable. Uh, you do look at yesterday, and there was an inning that got out of hand. And even though Eric Lauer only gave up two earned runs, there are times where it doesn't matter if those runs are earned or not earned. When there's two outs, you got to find a way out of the inning. Um, and, and today, a situation where where Freddie had a slow start. And I know we're gonna uh, after the news at the top of the hour when we come back, we're really gonna lock in on Peralta and what led to a slow start, but to me, I hate to say this was inevitable because I think the Brewers have really good starting pitching, but in some sense, you knew that what the Brewers were doing from a starting pitching standpoint, they weren't going to continue to do every single time out, and then when you add injuries to the situation where you're without Corbin Burns, you're without Brett Anderson, all of a sudden there were some other variables in the starting rotation as well. Well, and I think any time you start a game, uh, you just never know what things are happening. There's many times I've been there where you go out in a bullpen and you just, you have great stuff. Everything is going right where you want. You feel comfortable. You get in a game and you just can't find it right away. And there's times when you feel terrible in the bullpen and it comes out and it's the exact opposite. But I think getting on that mound early in the ball game is having a good game plan early in the game is so important. The game plan for, for Philadelphia was to be aggressive early 
get on the board early, and hopefully you can you can score enough runs to win the ball game. And they've done that all three games. I think as far as the Brewers go, I think when you look tonight, Freddie did have a slow start. Uh, you think about Hauser early in the game was it didn't have that great commander that sinker that he had the rest of the night. Lauer was the same way. He had that couple throwing errors that going to first base, but wasn't really keyed in, really uh, dominating that outside part of the plate when using that good breaking ball. That happens early in ball games, and it's sometimes very tough. You just go through times when those do happen, and the Phillies have taken advantage of it. You got to give the Phillies credit because we the Brewer pitchers haven't been in sync right at the beginning of the game. They've been able to take advantage, and really that's been the difference in this series. You just talked about you know feeling good in the in the bullpen before the game and it not going well and vice versa. Is there anything more frustrating as a pitcher where you feel great when you're in the bullpen and then all of a sudden you get onto the actual mound and it's just not the same? I think the one thing is, you know, we talk about going out there and not thinking, just being able to go out there and execute your pitches, your sequences that you have planned for the game and how you're going to approach guys. And when you go in the game and all of a sudden you just don't have that pitch or you make a great pitch and it gets hit, you kind of back off and you, it's, that's a really a tough time because you got to slow that game down. You got to, Put that in the past and move on, and and sometimes you just don't have that that execution that you want, and that's going to happen. Uh, we've seen it probably from all three starters. Did they have the real good? execution that they've had in the past no all three of them haven't but they really bounced back and kept the team in a ball game that's what you want to do starting a game is sometimes an anomaly because you go out there and you just hope you can make those good pitches and boy once you get off to a good start everything seems to fall into place for these three games the Phillies have been taking advantage early Brewers uh, fall short in this one today. They lose by a 5-4 score. They have lost three straight one-run games to the Phillies. They'll try to avoid getting swept in the four-game series coming up tomorrow afternoon. Overall, the Brewers on a four-game losing streak right now. It is their longest losing streak of the year. Baseball is a funny game. They take three of four from the Dodgers, one of the best teams in baseball, and then right off that, uh, they lose the first three in a row against Philadelphia. I, I think this is a good Phillies team. I think the entire National League East is good. Uh, I know from a record standpoint uh, it, they don't look fantastic to a certain degree. I think they've kind of uh, eat each other up there in the NL East playing games against each other, but I just one through five, I look at that division and I don't I don't see a bad team there, and uh, this is a pretty good Philadelphia team, and I don't know how to break down this division because I think almost any of those teams could probably uh, win it, maybe with the exception of the Marlins, but even the Marlins are not a bad team, but we don't need to get into breaking down the National League East on uh, May 5th on Brewers Extra Innings. We've got the news coming up in two minutes, and then after that, uh, we'll continue to take your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll really uh, dig in on Freddie Peralta's day and why he's having slow starts. We'll do that after the news, which begins in two minutes here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Swing and a fly ball to deep right. Gregorius got a slider and he just hit it into the bleachers for a grand slam. 5-0 Philadelphia. Still nobody out. 
Brewers end up losing to Philadelphia, a third straight one-run loss, 5-4. In all three losses, the Brewers have had the potential tying run on in scoring position in the ninth. But again, we talk about the proverbial big hit. How many times have I said that in the number of years I've been doing this? A whole bunch. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Augie, uh, Mark and River West texting in saying, why do all the reviews go against the Brewers and why can't New York ever get the reviews correct? So, and I assume that, that that's obviously in connection to Vogelback being called out on replay, on replay uh, there at home. I, I will, I think he was actually out. I actually think they got the call right, but that doesn't make me feel better about it because... There's, there's an inference there. There's an inference that his leg was still up off the plate when the tag was applied, and there's literally no way to know that for sure. And we see over and over and over again where calls that have a lot more visual evidence than what we saw tonight uh, don't get overturned, and then tonight's does get overturned where there absolutely was not 100% visual evidence. In all likelihood, his leg was probably up off the plate when the tag was applied. But there was no, there was nothing to say that that was 100% for sure the case. And that that's what frustrates me about replay is there's no consistency in what gets overturned and what doesn't get overturned. Well, I think that's one of the criticisms with with instant replay is it's what gets what gets overturned and what does not. And a lot of these plays, a lot of these plays are, are very very close, and sometimes. You you can't see. You can't make a change on them, and you know that's why they say that whatever the call is, you got to have evidence that it's the other way to call them out, and it, it does happen. And I think with with, with Vogi tonight, I just think he slid in and looked like he had the one leg underneath, and it popped his front leg up, and I think that's where he did not touch the plate. I thought it was a close play, very very close, uh, one that you could possibly not even overturn. But that does happen a lot in baseball. We're seeing a lot of times in a lot of these plays that. They're, they're, they look one way, and they're not overturned because there's not that evidence. But uh, it's, it looks like there's a lot of calls that, boy, they, you do really question them and what, question whether this, the replay system should be changed or anything to, they can do to improve it. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Calvin in New Berlin has been waiting patiently. Hey, Calvin, you're on WTMJ. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I'm I'm a patient person, so it's all all right. Um, just checking Twitter and Facebook, I, I you see a lot of people that are that are freaking out right now about you know the past couple of games. And obviously, for any Brewers fan that's passionate and watches the games, it's certainly frustrating to to drop games like tonight and these past few nights against a team in the Phillies. Which, uh, to further your point, Matt, what you said before break is it's a strong team and a strong division. So uh, don't discredit the Phillies too much, but. I mean, the fact of the matter is that this is a Brewers team that went to San Diego and handled the, the Padres very well, regardless of whether they were, you know, bruised up with, with Tatis being still, you know, coming back from the injured list and then, you know, to come back to AmFam Field and handle the Dodgers for the most part, minus that series finale. Obviously, I mean, this is a strong offensive team. And, you know, even looking at this series, too, you know, it's not like they gave up and, you know, just accepted the losses this series. I mean, they fought back at the end and uh, made these games close, but, 
you know, like what you guys have been talking about. Obviously, it's those those big hits that that they need that they aren't really able to come up with right now to try and uh, cap off those comebacks. But for the most part, I think that you know this is a really really strong offensive team, and you know we played a month of baseball too. So I think for people to say that you know it's time to jump ship and that this is a lost cause and things like that. I mean, obviously Yelich is gone, and there's a lot of time between now and October when games matter where we'll be back at full strength with the roster. Guys will be, you know, in a, in a good, comfortable position as far as hitting and stuff goes. So, um, you know, to the people that are freaking out and having panic attacks about this series, I think uh, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, which is a touchy topic, R-E-L-A-X, I would say. So it's a strong team, and teams like uh, the Brewers and every other strong team in Major League Baseball are going to have series like this. So I think it's just best to – you know, focus on the next game and the next series. Yeah, Calvin, appreciate the phone call. Very reasoned thoughts. Good good call. And Augie, I think he's right. I have a hard time disagreeing with anything that he said. And I also think if if you're going to have a tough series, I'd rather you have a tough series against a, a non-divisional opponent. And outside of that one series that they lost against the Pirates this year, they have won all of their divisional series. And as a, the, the longer I've done this, the more I've kind of taken non-divisional series with a grain of salt. Like, it was great that they did what they did against the Padres, and it was great what they did against the Dodgers. And to me, what that does is it proves that they can play with anybody in baseball. But it's 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 not super important that you win those series. To me, the series that I'm most concerned about is what you do inside of your division because that accounts for about half of your game. So it's... It's not great to lose the first three games against Philadelphia, especially when they're all one-run losses, but this would hurt a whole lot more if this was the Cubs or the Cardinals. Well, and, and Matt, I think there's another thing we have to look at is the matchup, how you match up against certain teams. Like a lot of people say in our own division is the Pirates, although they're not supposed to win the division, really match up pretty well with the Brewers. They always have. And it is, they just keep the game close and then have the opportunity to win uh, late in the ball game. I thought Calvin brought up a, a great point that, no, they're not getting the big hits. They're not hitting with scoring runners in scoring position. Those things are evident. We can see what, what what's going on there. But they're getting guys on base. All three games, they had opportunities in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning of either taking the lead or tying the ball game, and it just didn't work out. But getting those opportunities, when you get the opportunities, you can figure things out on how to improve. If you never get the opportunities, you struggle to say, how do I even get the opportunity to, to get that, to have the opportunity to win a ball game. But here the Brewers are putting guys on base. It's just getting those base hits. And I think what Calvin said, this is a good offensive ball club. Everybody gets healthy. I think they're going to turn those things around and win some of these ball games late, late in the ball game and come back with some big wins uh, by coming back late in the ball games. Yeah, and there's a couple guys in the lineup today who are going to be hitting better than what they're hitting right now. I'm very confident Lorenzo Cain is not going to be a 182 hitter, and I'm very confident that Jackie Bradley Jr. is not going to be a 184 hitter. The other guys who don't have great batting averages in the lineup today, I'm not as sure on them. I don't. Travis Shaw isn't a hit for average guy. Travis Shaw is a uh, do damage and drive in runs guy. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's going to be hitting a whole lot more than 220, but he can do damage at 220 as. We 
we've seen with the runs that he's driven in this year. Um, but there's there's a couple, two, three guys, obviously, on this roster who are not hitting to the level you want them to hit. We have not even talked about Avisayo Garcia yet. He goes four for four today. He's hitting 260 now. That's a really solid development to see what he was able to do. Yeah, and he's got a six-game hitting streak, and over that time, he's hitting over 500, really swinging the bat well. You know, you, he got two big two-out hits tonight, and I, I thought the last one in the fifth inning, when a ball up and away, he was behind in the count, got that ball up and away, he was able to hit the ball the opposite. It was just a really good, classic way of putting that ball in play with two strikes, making things happen, and, and getting the Brewers within one run. So you're talking about a guy who's starting to swing the bat well. He's important to this ball club that he is an RBI star guy. It's not about the home run. It's about putting the ball in play. And I thought, obviously, El tonight did an excellent job for it. He's going four for four and, and, and having the night he had. So Visayo Garcia, here's some fun ones. First Brewers hitter with four hits and three RBIs and a loss for the team since Scooter Jeanette did it against Cincinnati in August of 2015. And he's the first Brewers batter with four hits and three RBIs but no runs scored himself since Eric Sogard did that uh, on May 18th of 2017 against San Diego. And that, that note right there is the kind of the notable thing here because, Augie, you look at what the Brewers do today. They collect eight hits. That looks like a pretty respectable total, but when four of those hits are coming from one guy and you only have, he's your, what, you're your number five hitter, and you get one total hit from guys behind him, as, as Luke Maley had one hit today, he went one for three, everybody else had an offer, that really ends up hurting you when, when you got a guy collecting four hits, but nobody behind him does much of anything. Well, that's a, having those good at bats. I think when when you talk, you listen to Craig Council talk or uh, them talk about their offensive ball club. It's they're good at bats. Do they go deep into counts? Do they fight with two strikes? Do they hit the ball the opposite way? Do they take a ball early in the count and have that ability to drive the ball to, uh, to left field or, or right field if they're a left hand hitter? So you know, it's that approach that that this team is so working so hard. It's one of the things in spring training. They worked endlessly on, and I do think they have some really good at bats. They, especially late in the ball games, we've had some really good at bats, fun at bats to watch. It hasn't worked out now, but I think as we go along, I think this is all gonna, this is gonna turn around. We're gonna see some big hits. We're gonna see uh, some good at bats or getting on base, and that's what's gonna help this team take that next step, getting away from struggling with runners in scoring position by being able to go out and really score some runs. 5-4, the Brewers lose in Philadelphia. They've lost the first three games of the series. When we return, we'll get into Freddie Peralta's day. His line looks bad. He may have pitched a little bit better than it, but he put himself in a big hole early, putting the team in a big hole early. What's leading to Peralta's slow starts? We'll discuss that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 1-2. Fastball, swing and a miss. Freddie Peralta struck out six in a row. We head to the third inning. Yeah, Freddie Peralta, it's a... You can evaluate his day in many different kind of ways. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Matt Bolly, Jerry, Augustine, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauly on air. He had a rough start. There, there's no... 
There's no way around that when you look at the way things got going where the Phillies put up a five spot there in the first inning, including a grand slam off the bat of Didi Gregorius. But after that, all of a sudden, Peralta was really able to lock in. In fact, after that grand slam from Gregorius, he would strike out the next six batters uh, that he would face. And, Augie, this is... um. The five runs in the first inning thing is not a trend, but the slow starts to games is a trend for Peralta, where you know we've seen uh, his last start, he didn't give up any runs in the first inning, but he had a walk and he had a hit batter, and he just didn't seem to be in control of his pitches. How concerning is that, and how do you fix that when you've got a guy who it seemingly takes him a little while to settle into the game? Well, there's a lot of things that happen as far as you get guys who start out slow. Um, I, I, I remember what, back when we played, if there was a time when you, I, and I did this several times where I just didn't, starting a game, I just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't have all my good stuff. So I would actually stay out in that bullpen. I would stay out in, the, out in that bullpen and I would go right from the bullpen to the mound. I didn't want a time to rest. I wanted to go take that stuff right from my, right from the bullpen and go right to the mound. And sometimes that has a, a positive, uh, influence on how you start a game, but I think with, with, with Freddie tonight, he really didn't have good feel for the slider early in the game. I think we saw a lot of breaking balls, a lot of curveballs that that speed around 72, 73, 74 mile an hour curveballs, along with a 90, 91 mile an hour fastball. It just didn't have that good electric fastball that he usually has. And then after Didi Gregorius hit that slider, which he tried to get down and in, and it kind of just spun and hung there for Gregorius to hit, he he just went back, and he went back to what he does best. He pitched with his fastball. The strength of what he did after he gave up that, that home run to Gregorius was he started pitching with his fastball, and all of a sudden we started seeing that slider coming into it. We started seeing his breaking ball a little bit better, and a changeup. He started using a changeup very effective. So I think tonight was a case uh, maybe a little bit different for Freddie where he just didn't have good command of his pitches, a good feel for it, and when you have that early in the ball game and you get on that mound you fight to find it and you just gotta try to get it figured out he figured it out just a little bit too late on that good break on that slider that he tried to get down and in on Gregorius and he's able to hit the ball at the ballpark he only got one swing and miss on his slider that's that's not a good sign right well, not, not for Freddie, but, you know, I, I looked at Freddie tonight, and I was watching Velocities, and I, I saw him early in the game. His breaking ball and slider were right around 72, 73, 74 miles an hour. His fastball was 90, 91. Well, after he gave up that home run, all of a sudden we saw fastballs 93, 94, with a lot of explosion on the end. You saw that slider starting coming in at 78, 79, even 80 at times. That's his good slider, that hard slider that he breaks down, has that good sharp break, and then he throws the breaking ball about 74, 75, and tonight we even saw some change-ups at 87, so I, I that's where I look tonight. I just didn't think he had that good feel for pitches, and he was trying to feel feel for it and pitch with that breaking ball, and it got him, a, got him into a little bit of trouble early in the game. Does a scouting report get out when a guy is having a little bit of a, he has struggled early in, in games where Guys are, you know, they're there in the first inning, there in the second inning, where teams might be that much more aggressive against a guy because they think that might be their opportunity to get after him. 
Oh, definitely. I think that happens a lot. I think just like you know that some hitters are first ball, fastball hitters. You know that. And how do you start? Do you not throw them a fastball? No, but you make it a good location. I think the same thing comes with pitcher with pitching that that they'll go by last one or two or three times out. He's had a little bit of a slow start. Doesn't have good command. What pitch does he have command of? That's all stuff nowadays. That I mean, they have charts and charts on it, and I think that does have an effect on some guys when they do start pitching the game, but I think in Freddie's case, he's got such naturally good stuff. His fastball is his pitch, and when he's got his fastball going, throwing it to both sides of the plate, elevating it with two strikes, he is dynamic. It just seems that when he has that pitch, everything else falls into place. His arm action is nice and smooth. He's getting over the top on that slider. It's breaking good. He's got a good break them all, and even now the changeup. So I just think he's still a fastball guy, and I think to start the games, he's got to concentrate on being able to command that fastball to good locations yeah in some ways he's look uh, this is a very new freddie peralta because he's got all these other pitches that he can throw and he's really been a one pitch kind of guy up until uh, last year to a certain degree and, and certainly this year as well but it's we can't really compare freddie peralta from two three years ago to what he's doing right now so in some ways he's still kind of figuring this out the, this, the challenge for me when I watch him, and you just alluded to it, Augie, it, when his fastball is on, when he is locating it, when it's got that late movement, when it's just popping, he, he doesn't need another pitch. He can go dominate with just that pitch. But we all know that not every pitcher has every pitch working at a high level every single start. So the problem with Peralta throughout his career up until really last year was on those days that the fastball was really working, he could be dominant. But on the days that the fastball wasn't totally there, he didn't have those secondary pitches to rely on. So now he has those secondary pitches to rely on, and it's almost like he has to go into these games and go into the first inning and and almost see what's working and what's not working. Does he have the elite fastball? And if he does, you can focus on that that day. If he doesn't, maybe you're going to have to go work with some of those secondary pitches. So you're sort of... You're sort of wading into the waters at that point, figuring out what you have and what you don't have. And to me, perhaps that can also lead to the the slow start to the games because you're you're figuring out what's working and what's not working. Yeah, you know, and Freddie, Freddie's a. If you talk about Freddie's style of a pitcher, he's aggressive. He gets on the mound. He's aggressive. You see his actions on the mound. You see where he goes about it. He, when he likes his fastball and he's got his good fastball, he gets the ball. He looks at looks at his sign and he goes after you. And I think that really has plays a big role in his off speed stuff at times too but uh, the one point I like your point that you made out of him there's going to be nights when that fastball is just not there and he needs that slider and he needs that curveball and he needs that change up tonight I think he just he didn't feel comfortable in the beginning I didn't see the velocity up there so I think he started throwing a lot of breaking balls I saw a lot of off speed stuff in the 70 72 to 74 range and he was trying to maybe set the tone with that pitch and then he could as soon as he found the fastball go to it but he just couldn't find it and he made a couple mistakes 
mistakes and unfortunately made the big uh, mistake with that slider that he wanted to get down into Gregorius and hung that pitch over a little bit over the middle plate and he was able to hit it out of the ballpark. But I do agree with you. I think he's an aggressive guy and it comes to having that ability, having confidence on if one pitch doesn't work, I'm going to go all out with my other pitch and see if I can get in the groove with all my pitches from the start of the game, maybe into the second inning or third inning from that time on. What I'm about to say, I wouldn't say is an original thought, but I, 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 along with many people, believe that one of the strengths of this Brewers team is they're going to be able to avoid long losing streaks because of some of the guys that they have in the rotation, especially when Corbin Burns is available. When you've got Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns both in the rotation, more often than not, those, those losing streaks are not going to uh, continue to grow. Now, Burns is out right now, and there's really no timeline on when we might see Burns again. But tomorrow in the series finale, you get Brandon Woodruff, and these are the games where their performances are so important because they're, they're the stopper. And now this is an opportunity for Woodruff tomorrow to go out and pitch and end the losing streak. And I think one thing, as as when you get into the caliber of a of a Brandon Woodruff or a Corbin Burns, the way they're throwing the ball right now, stop. They like that. They like to stop losing streaks. It's, I think as a, as a pitcher, anytime you you go on a little bit of a losing streak, boy, you get you get fo- that really ups your focus for the next day. And I think Brandon Woodruff is one of those guys. I always call him the warrior, and I really believe he is a warrior along with Corbin Burns. But I think they, one thing they do have, and and you probably would agree with me on this pitching staff. They have the ability at any time when they're healthy and they got the staff going that they it's it, it, they're just going to get there's not going to be any long losing streaks because they are that good and they've proven that they're strike throwers they're aggressive in the strike zone they don't walk a lot of people and I'll tell you what when you have that bullpen behind it behind them that they do I, it just leads for a pitching staff that I think is going to be one that's really going to carry this ball club throughout the season along with some good defense and the hitting will come along but. I think that starting rotation is built for not having a long losing streak. We uh, we learned prior to the game today that Brett Anderson is not going to uh, be healthy enough to come off the injured list before Friday, but he is getting closer and closer to being able to return. So we don't know for sure who's going to actually pitch for the Brewers uh, come Friday. They, um, they use Brent Suter today, so I guess... There's a possibility uh, that any pitch is just the one inning. If they went with a bullpen game, there is a chance they could go with Suter. I guess the bottom line is we don't know who's going to start on Friday, but more importantly, uh, Anderson is getting closer, so there's a possibility that the next time his start comes around, he could be back in the rotation. Yeah, you want to get everybody healthy, and and I'll tell you what, Brett Anderson has done a nice job. He's that he's not that guy who comes in and shows you power. He just commands the strikes only a little bit like Eric Lauer was his first time out. Really dominates that outside outside corner, and, and with his fastball and his changeup, will elevate the ball at times and uses that breaking ball and a little four seam fastball on the inside part of the plate. He understands how to pitch. He's a guy that goes out and gets ground balls. He's a valuable guy to have in this rotation because he's a veteran who's been there. But uh, this is still a very good pitching staff. And uh, whoever decide on set on Friday, uh, if that's the next start, uh, I think Suter could be the guy. But they, uh, I think they have a number of guys in which they could use to have a bullpen uh, game if they needed. 
Brewers come up short, another one-run loss, three straight one-run losses to the Phillies today. They end up losing by a 5-4 score. When we return, we'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. Brewers lose to the Phillies 5-4. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Swing and a shot to deep left center field. It's gone. Home run Tyrone Taylor is a pinch hitter. It's 5-2 now. That one got out of here in a hurry. Yeah, good to see Tyrone Taylor. He's done a nice job. He's done He's done a really nice job. It's been fun to see uh, what he's been able to do. He's had, um, he hasn't had consistent opportunities, but he's been able to continue to come through uh, more often than not. By the way, he had, uh, his pinch hit home run, the second ever pinch hit home run that the Brewers have hit in Philadelphia. The only other Brewer to ever hit a pinch hit home run was uh, G-Man Choi in June of 2018. That was uh, that was a grand slam for, uh, for Choi, I believe. Is that right? I thought that was against San Diego. No, that's right. That was against the... Uh, That was against the Phillies. All right. Uh, Manager Craig Council, he met with the media just a little while ago. Uh, He opened up his uh, post-game comments talking about um, just the performance today of uh, starting pitcher Freddie Peralta. Yeah, I mean, the first five hitters counted, you know, and so they they got us. Um, You know, I mean, I I don't – Gregorius' ball – you know, I'm not sure it was a home – the wind – at that point, the wind was blowing really hard out to right field. I – I think the wind helped that ball, but look, they, they, you know, did a nice job. I mean, um, you know, he made an old two mistake to McCutcheon and just kind of left the slider in the middle of the plate and Hoskins, you know, hit a great pitch. Um, there's nothing wrong with that pitch that Hoskins hit. Uh, so that was, that one was a little confusing. Um, well, there, there's a walk in there and, and, you know, he just probably didn't have a slider quite going as, as the game started. And then, you know, they put a ball in play and put it in the right spot, and they got five runs. Um, uh, he was really good afterwards, after that. Uh, our bullpen was really good, but, you know, that was that was enough. Craig, that replay obviously turns out to be huge. Um, after watching it, what, what's, what are your thoughts on that call? I mean, I, you know, what are we supposed to say to replay calls? I mean, I, they they see it, they look at it. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. You, you, you've talked in the past, Craig, about, you know, the guy's foot being over the plate. Sometimes just the way a, a body slides, your foot comes up instead of touching the plate. I mean, is that could that have possibly happened again? We've seen Yeah, that. that's what happened. There's no, there's no question that's what happened, but he's – so his bogey sides, his foot comes up. It's not on the plate, and then the tag happens. So I guess that's that's what they call. So uh, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's it's out of our hands at that point. Were you were you surprised to throw like that, kind of a rainbow? You know, a lot of times an outfielder won't try a throw like that because it lets the other runners in. Were you surprised that got Danny? I know he's not fast, but still, were you surprised to throw like that got him? Well, you know, the throw was, it was, you know, he obviously doesn't throw well, but the throw was on target enough that it was on the plate. Um, that, you know, they thought they'd make a try, and you know, there was, it was a smart play on the guy's part. It wasn't a great throw by any means, but it was, but it was good enough. Craig, we keep asking about these comebacks, and I think you've told us the first two nights you keep doing it, and one of these nights it, it 
it happens and it keeps not happening, does it, uh, you think your guys are sort of pretty frustrated right now? Well, I mean, they're doing a little bit more than we are in the end. Uh, so, you know, we got to do a little bit more. Um, you know, I think the last two nights kind of got us, you know, some innings with the, the kind of the back of their bullpen that, that we just weren't able to capitalize on. I mean, we got the leadoff hitter on in, the I think, the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, you know, Tyrone's ball in the seventh was probably the one that was frustrating. It, it's a rocket, and Kinsler made a nice play. I don't want to take anything away from him, but uh, that that was probably the one that kind of hurt hurt a little bit. Um, you know, and then we then just having the leadoff hitters on and not being able to, to to capitalize on that for for the three innings after we made it close was, you know, we got to capitalize on one of those. Craig, was that as like sharp as you've seen Drew Rasmussen, especially with the slider? Yeah, he had two nice innings for us. Um, pitched really well. He, he's been in a little bit of a groove, I think, and and throwing the ball really well. Um, so happy, happy for Drew. He's he's making progress, I think, and gaining some confidence and it's kind of some regular usage here. That's the kind of stuff that could bode well over time, right? Right, Craig, he got off to a shaky start, but you guys stuck with him, and now he's throwing the ball like you know he can. Yeah, I, I mean, any time we can just add more arms to the to the big innings, I think it, it's going to be bode well for everybody's performance. And so, um, you know, it's it's been strange. We've had we've had Devin up three straight nights, kind of at that on that down one kind of thing. It's and then not in the game, uh, which which is an ideal, but. Um, but Drew did a nice job tonight, kind of saving some other guys. So it's it's it worked out well actually with his uh, efficient performance. Craig, this is I'm asking for an obvious answer, but it's sort of neat one. Um, you know, you're missing some guys, so that that's part of this too, right? I mean, you don't have you know you keep falling just a little short on these comebacks, but I mean, you're asking a lot. You, from a banged up team, is it, you just got to hang in there best you can, I guess, right? When, I mean, this is what you got right now. Yeah, there's no, you know, that I don't think, um, you know, I think our guys are doing a good job. We're, we're just, we're falling, we've fallen a little short, unfortunately. And it just, when, you know, you, you're not at full strength, I think everybody else has to just pick it, pick it up a little bit, pick it up. And, these these are not um, bad games. We're just not quite doing enough, and 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 so you end up a little bit short, um, and that's where we're at. Um, you know, guys guys are doing good jobs. We're just we're just falling a little short, unfortunately. And you know, we we we've missed all. We, you miss the guys that you're missing, no matter what's going on. Win or lose, you're missing them. Um, so these guys are doing a good job, and, and we're we're playing well. We're you know, we're just a little short. A hit. Short. We're basically been a hit short, or a defensive play short. The last last two nights, three nights. Great game by Avi, though. I mean, he's really swinging the bat well right now. Yeah, he had a really nice game. Um, had that the big hit, obviously in the uh, in the, in the fifth to, to get us closer, and a really nice at bat. So um, nice to see him get going a little bit. Magic Craig Council just a little while ago after the Brewers lose to Philadelphia 5-4. I like the way he said that at the end, that basically throughout the entire series, the team keeps coming up one hit or one defensive play short 
of of winning the game or at least being tied uh, going to a bottom of the ninth. They haven't played a bottom of the ninth yet in Philadelphia, but that's where it's been. That's that's how close it has been. And when you consider all the players that are missing, you, you have to say that over the course of these three games, if you're healthy, you're probably getting that that one extra hit at some point in time. That's that that sounds like an excuse, and I'm not trying to make an excuse. And uh, teams deal with injuries, and it certainly is is part of the game. But something that we've talked about a lot, like as they have dealt with all these injuries, how sustainable was the success that they were going to have? That's that that's like the word of the night, sustainability. Because we talked about it earlier when we talked about starting pitching and the ability to uh, the elite starting pitching that they had. How, would would that continue to be sustainable? And it wasn't. It can still be really good, but the level at which they were doing, it was, it was going to fall off a little bit at some point. Well, the fact that you were getting all these contributions from guys that maybe you weren't expecting to get contributions from while players were injured, at some point in time, that's probably going to dry up a little bit. And then where does that leave you? you know, let's not even. We don't even have to talk about Christian Yelich. If you've got Omar Narvaez, he's got a few hits in this series. And I'm not trying to take shots at what um, what they've been able to get out of the guys who have been catching and, and Luke Maley and Jacob Nottingham. And Maley, had a, he had a base hit today. He was the only guy batting uh, in the bottom third of the order who did come up with a hit in this game. But if you've got Omar Nervaez in the lineup, and if he's played you know, probably at least two of these last three games, there's a really good chance you've probably won at least one of those just because Nervais is bad as in there and just based what he's been able to do so far uh, this year. So that's where that's that's the impact of injuries. Not an excuse, just a statement. They are being impacted by injuries. You would have really liked to have had Omar Nervais in the lineup. You would have really liked to be able to have you know, Yelich playing in that one game even with the bad back. He had the two hits. He he can hit. He's he's hitting well over 300. One of the better batting averages on the team. But he, his back doesn't allow him to be playing right now, so they got to get that all figured out. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 5-4. Brewers end up losing to the Phillies starting pitching matchup. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the crew. Former Brewer Chase Anderson going for the Phillies. Brewers would come up empty in the top of the first. Bottom of the first, the game does not start the way that Peralta would have liked it. Andrew McCutcheon, who had a couple home runs yesterday, he doubles to uh, lead the inning off. And then Brad Miller, another former Brewer, he walks. So runners on at first and second for Reese Hoskins. Swing a line, drive to right center. Another two-strike base hit by the Phillies. They're going to have the first run of the game as McCutcheon comes in to score. Miller goes from first to third. Phillies lead 1-0. They have scored in the first inning in each game of this series. JT Ramuto then walks. That loads the bases for D.D. Gregorius. Swing and a fly ball to deep right. Gregorius got a slider, and he just hit it into the bleachers for a grand slam. 5-0 Philadelphia. Still nobody out. 
Spoiler alert, that would be hit for the Phillies in terms of run scoring. Peralta right there, snap of a finger. He's able to uh, completely lock in. The next three batters in the inning, Alec Bohm, Nick Maton, and Odubel Herrera, all strikeouts. So three straight strikeouts after the Brewers go down in the top of the second, bottom of the second. Chase Anderson strikeout. Andrew McCutcheon strikes out. Brad Miller. 1-2. Fastball. Swing and a miss. Freddie Peralta struck out six in a row. We head to the third inning. Brewers would uh, strike in the third inning uh, with two outs. Lorenzo Kane gets a base hit and then a walk to Daniel Vogelback. Runners on at first and second for Travis Shaw. He walks. That loads the bases and it brings up a Visael Garcia. 1-1 pitch. And this is driven into center field. Coming in is Herrera. It's going to drop in front of him. Herrera is going to throw home. One run is in. Vogelback slides in there. He's safe. And Vogelback is down in a little bit of pain. Now he pops up, says he's okay as he jumps up and runs back into the dugout. A two-run base hit for Avisail Garcia. However, now the Phillies have asked for a review, and so they're going to review this one. I don't know if there's enough to overturn this. It is a close play. And now they have the decision, and it is out. Wow. I didn't think there was enough to overturn it because there was not 100% evidence that Vogelback's leg was up off the plate. I think you could say in all likelihood his leg was off the plate, but you couldn't prove that his leg was off the plate. And more often than not on MLB Replay, if they don't have 100% evidence, they don't overturn. But of course in that moment, they overturn because MLB Replay is one of the most horrendous systems, not just in sports, but in anything in America. How about that? I don't like the replay system. Brewers would uh, continue to try to come back in the fifth inning. It all gets started when Tyrone Taylor leads the inning off as a pinch hitter. Swing and a shot to deep left center field. It's gone. Home run Tyrone Taylor is a pinch hitter. It's 5-2 now. That one got out of here in a hurry. Colton Wong would line out. Lorenzo Cain would walk. That ends the day for Chase Anderson. Jojo Romero then comes into the game. He faces Daniel Vogelback, who gets a base hit after a line out from uh, Travis Schaub of Isael Garcia back at the plate. Here he comes. Swing a ground ball hit towards the middle. A base hit. Kane scores. Vogelback's coming around. He's going to score. It's a one-run game. Five to four on the third hit of the night for Avi Garcia. Another former Brewer, Brandon Kranzler, would come in, finish out the inning. The Brewers would get three runs in the fifth and make it a 5-4 game. The question at that point, could they get one more run? Drew Rasmussen would score, uh, would pitch a couple scoreless innings. Brent Suter would pitch a scoreless seventh. In the eighth inning, Avisael Garcia back at the plate to lead things off. Here's the pitch. Swing a line drive down the right field line, slicing into the corner. It's past Brad Miller. Garcia's going to have at least two, and he'll put on the brakes there. A leadoff double for Avisael Garcia. He is four for four. 
But they could not get him in, could not take advantage of the leadoff double. So 5-4 going to the ninth inning. That's when Jose Alvarado comes in to the game. He would get Colton Wong to ground out. Then Lorenzo Kane walks. Kane would end up uh, stealing second base. So you have the potential uh, tying run on at second. Luis Arias would strike out. And then with two outs, Travis Shaw standing in. One-two pitch. Struck it out, swinging with a fastball at 99. And the ball game is over. Brewers had the tying run in scoring position yet again and cannot get that big hit. And the Phillies have won the first three games in this series. Phillies get above 500 at 16 and 15. Brewers drop to 17 and 14. Winning totals for Philadelphia five runs, four hits, no errors. They leave one for the Brewers. Four runs, eight hits, no errors. They leave nine. Uh, winning pitcher Kinsler, he is at two and one. Peralta takes the loss, three and one. Alvarado the save, his second of the year. Home runs, Gregorius his fourth of the season. Taylor hitting his third for the Brewers. The game lasting three hours and seven minutes. Played in front of a crowd of ten thousand one hundred and ten folks at Citizen Citizens Bank Park. All right, Brewers uh, come up short, 5-4 to Philadelphia. They'll try to avoid a four-game series sweep tomorrow. We'll preview that game and go around the NL Central and the Brewers minor league system. A lot to get to in just a few minutes. We'll do that next here on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio, this is News Radio WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers lose to the Phillies 5-4, third straight one-run loss against Philadelphia. Elsewhere around the National League Central, Cardinals and Mets played a doubleheader. Game one goes to the Cardinals by a 4-1 score, and then the Mets come back with a 7-2 win in the nightcap. The Dodgers and the Cubs, they're, are they still playing? Bottom of the 11th, two outs? Yeah, they're still playing. 5-5 is the score right now at Wrigley, and then the Pirates, they lose to the Padres today by a 4-2 score. Around the Brewers' minor league system, Nashville still looking for their first win of the year. They lose at Toledo by a 9-6 score. Double-A Biloxi, they play a doubleheader today. They win, no, check that, they lose game one by a 6-1 score at Birmingham, and then Birmingham completes the uh, doubleheader sweep with a 2-1 win in game number two. The Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, they get out to a 2-0 start to begin the season uh, at Fox City Stadium. They pick up the win tonight against Beloit, winning 10-4. And then Loe, Carolina, they're also 2-0 to start the season as they knock off Fayetteville by a 5-3 score. I'll say it once again, it is so very good to be able to talk about uh, minor league scores after the minor leagues did not play at all last season. Seasons being canceled, good for these communities, good for the teams, good for the employees, good for everybody. It just makes me so happy that the minor league season is being played right now, and it's fun to be able to pass along those scores to you. All right, uh, Brewers will wrap up their series against the Phillies coming up tomorrow afternoon before they hit the road to uh, take on Miami in a weekend three-game series that will begin on Friday. Pitching matchup in the afternoon contest tomorrow. It'll be Brandon Woodruff going for the crew. The right-hander is 2-0 with a 1.80 ERA. The Phillies are going to oppose with right-handed pitcher Zach Wheeler. He'll come into the contest with a 2-2 record and a 3.49 ERA. 
ERA. 12.05 first pitch. Our coverage tomorrow begins at 11.30. I will talk to you coming up tomorrow evening. We've got Brewers Weekly, first one in a while, uh, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock tomorrow night. So I hope you join me for uh, Brewers Weekly. Once again, Brewers fall short to the Phillies by a 5-4 score. We will talk to you tomorrow night here on WTMJ.